You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. A lot to get to ahead on today's show. BYU basketball back in action tonight. USF is in town. The Dons looking for some revenge on BYU. Can the Cougars hold them off and get back into the win column? We'll preview that. We'll also talk BYU football recruiting with Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider as well as Give Him Help, Bring Him the Podcast. A great conversation that you guys will not want to miss. Let's waste no more time and get rolling here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 3rd, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. As many of you probably are aware at this point, but if you're not, I am on vacation. I am recording this from the future. Ooh, ooh. No, I, I've let, set this up. I've been working for the better part of a month and making sure that you guys will be covered on the time that I am on vacation. I'm actually in Florida with my family, but nonetheless, did not want to leave you guys guys empty-handed because huge game tonight. BYU men's basketball, they are looking to get back into the win column coming off a very disappointing weekend this past weekend, and they will host the USF Dons tonight at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Looking forward to this one because BYU obviously got a hard-fought 71-69 come-from-behind win out there at USF, and you know the Dons, they are absolutely going to want blood in this game. BYU, as I also mentioned, well, they're struggling, folks. We talked about earlier this week on the podcast. This is a team I don't think that has ready-made answers right now for some of the ills that are affecting it. The big men in the middle they seem to regress a little bit in that loss to Pacific over the weekend. Can they have a better showing? Can Fus Traore in particular have a better showing? I actually thought that Atiki Ali Atiki, despite some other uh, mishaps, actually had his best offensive game in his BYU career, his short BYU career to this point. But nonetheless, a huge opportunity for BYU. As I I said earlier this week as well, I think this is the game of the two this week that I'm expecting BYU to have a chance to win. I just don't think you're going to beat Gonzaga, but you can never say never. We'll get more on Gonzaga, by the way, tomorrow from Andy Patton. He's the host of Locked On Zags, covering Gonzaga basketball for the Zone Sports, not the Zone, for the Locked On Podcast Network. I apologize for that snafu, but nonetheless, a huge opportunity staring BYU in the face. If you don't win this game tonight, you're likely staring at an 0-4 run over the past two weeks, and if you're BYU you you want to avoid that at all costs because suddenly you're at danger of that season the, the season that you thought was off to a really good start you thought it was smooth sailing I thought it was smooth sailing for the Cougars headed to the NCAA tournament well you want it to fall out on you guys for have the bottom fall out lose these games and then suddenly you're just looking at it saying okay what's going on with BYU here so We'll see what happens, but huge opportunity all the same tonight against San Francisco. Once again, that's an 8 o'clock tip down there at the Marriott Center. I do know that the Rock and BYU fans will absolutely be going bonkers for that game, but it is my sincere hope that BYU can get the W. Now, uh, for the remainder of today's show, we're going to be joined by Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider as well as Give Him Hell Brigham. You guys know him as Rakudu10 on Twitter. He's been on the show before. We're going to talk BYU football recruiting, national science 
signing day was yesterday, talking kind of more broad overview of what to expect from BYU moving forward here in the recruiting game. How has the philosophy for Kalani Satake changed in his time at BYU, and how is it different? How is it the same from way back when, but also how has it changed and now going into his seventh season as the head coach of the BYU football program? And what are some of Jeff's thoughts on the current recruiting crop that BYU just signed? We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from points scored, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year still here, there's a new updated desktop and mobile website from our friends at betonline.ag, which you can sign up for free at today. That's betonline.ag. And make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started and get that 50% welcome bonus. And it's just not football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Take advantage of that offer now. Locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys taking some time to download this show every single day. And now it is time to welcome in Jeff Hansen, of course, the recruiting guru I call him. He is covering all things BYU for both Cougar Sports Insider, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, as well as working with Gary McClintock on Give Him Hell Brigham. They are, a, a, what do they call themselves, a freemium website, a freemium newsletter covering all things BYU sports and a whole lot more than just that. Jeff, thank you for taking some time. How are you, my friend? Appreciate you, Jake. I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking some time here. And obviously, you're a busy man. I know you have a day job. You also, I guess, in your off hours, you run Cougar Sports Insider, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You and uh, Garrett McClintock have your Give Him Hell Brigham newsletter slash podcast slash growing media entity, I guess is what I would term it. How do you find time in the day to do all that? You know, it's one of those things that uh, I'm a big BYU fan. And so if I wasn't doing it with Give Him Hell, Bring Him, or 24-7, I'd just be doing it as a fan like everybody else. So might as well try to spin something up and and, then make a little bit of money along the way if I'm just going to waste time trying to be a football fan. Absolutely. And not to mention you're a burgeoning social media superstar with your TikTok videos, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. That's the real key to retirement. I think I have like 550 followers, so only only a few more million to go, but I'm, I'm well on my way. Hey, that's what we like to hear, and uh, I think they're absolutely brilliant. I wish I had the mind that you had to put that stuff together, so I, I commend you on that. Let me just put that out there right now in the, into the universe. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, so I wanted to talk with you a little bit more about BYU recruiting because I consider you one of the foremost authorities in that topic when it comes to the Cougars. And uh, let's start here. Kalani Satake, and this is just my observation, uh, feel free to weigh in wherever you feel like you want to dive in on this, but it's my observation that Kalani Satake has gone about, I think, retooling the entire philosophy of BYU's recruiting that existed under previous regimes, most notably Bronco Mendenhall. I feel like he has put a bigger emphasis on embracing what BYU is and trying to find the right people to fit in with his program while also being competitive at a very high level. You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think at a very high level, I think you're spot on. He, he definitely recruits 
differently. Now, the one thing I will say about Kalani, though, that's different than what I saw with, with, with Bronco Mendenhall, and I can't speak to prior to Bronco, right? I mean, when Gary Croton was recruiting, I was like 15 years old. I didn't care. And then sure. obviously before that, I was just a kid. But comparing the dichotomy and really the, the, the recruiting dynamics at large are, are so different than from 20 years ago that it really doesn't make sense to compare anyways. But comparing from Kalani to Bronco, one of the biggest differences that I see, and it's going to sound a little bit funny, I think, when I say this, is is the way that Kalani tailors the recruiting pitch to each individual. Bronco had his pitch, right? Bronco, no, I mean, that's not to say Bronco didn't tailor things and make things specific for certain guys here and there. But by and large, Bronco was Bronco's pitch was a clean program, work hard, we're going to develop you, turn you into a great man, and have a great environment where you could focus on becoming whoever it is you want to be. And that was the pitch that kind of fit with everybody. It was almost like a one-size-fits-all recruiting pitch. What Kalani does really, really differently is depending on the recruit, he, he has a he has a really innate ability to to figure out what a recruit wants specifically. You talk to a guy like Kingsley Suamatai after he hits the transfer portal. He meets with Kalani for like three hours, three or four hours one morning on a visit to BYU. And for that entire time, they didn't mention the word football at all. They didn't talk about how he fits into the offense. They didn't talk about the plans of how they could help him become an NFL offensive tackle. They didn't talk about anything that had anything to do with football. The entire time, they talked about his fit within the locker room, his fit within the classroom and the university, the proximity to his family and the environment that BYU could create that would feel like his family. It was all about non-football stuff. Conversely, you compare it to Jackson Dart, who visited just a couple of of weeks ago, right? All that they talked about with Jackson, he wanted to talk ball, right? So they talk about football for hours. And that's the one thing that is so different from Kalani compared to, to Bronco, is that he really does get into the psyche of each individual player, and make a pitch for that individual guy, which, which is the way that it probably should be. But that, but what that does is that takes time, that takes investment. You've really got to get to know your guys, because if you invest, a, you know, a whole strategy on, hey, we're going to recruit X, Y, and Z, but that guy's looking for A, B, and C, you just totally miss the mark. And Kalani typically gets the guys that he wants, and so that tells me that he's investing so much time into the individual player. And I think that you're seeing that manifest itself on the roster. Right? Every school in the country has, you know, Georgia and Alabama play in the national championship. And within hours after the national championship is over, I think each school had upwards of 10 players hit the transfer portal. Guys don't want to leave BYU. And I think it's because Kalani really does such a great job of making BYU so special to each individual player. And that starts on a recruiting trail. Now, building off that a little bit here, the, I, the continuity on his coaching staff is in some ways unparalleled in most of the rest of the sport. You you see co- assistant coaches come and go, coordinators come and go at most programs. Kalani has inst- enjoyed pretty stable uh, staff during his entire run at BYU. How much does that contribute to what you're talking about? 
You know, I think it helps. Um, I mean, it, it, it certainly helps. There's no question about it. But you look at the offense, and there's there's been some turnover there on the offense. It was a completely different staff after a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan Pugh, Eric Mateo, somebody went through offensive line coaches pretty quickly there for a little while. So there, there, there's been some turnover, but guys still haven't left. And, and surely you're, you're dead on on the defensive side of the ball, with the exception of a few additions to the staff. That that defensive side of the ball hasn't changed, and, and so. I think that helps because guys know who they're playing for. They know what to expect from their position coach. But Kalani, I, I really do believe that these guys are here and it's his program. And, and more than more than what you see, especially at some of these bigger schools where where position coaches are only there for a year or two, and then they move on to their you know their next promotion. Kalani has a good job of uh, no matter who there, no matter who is there at an assistant level, it's his program. And guys come to play for Kalani, and I think that that is unique uh, in the landscape of college football. You mentioned the fact that Kalani likes to personalize things for these players, and I've talked to enough of these players who just absolutely go on and on and on about the culture around this program. And it was something I I had heard about that Kalani did a good job at his previous stops at Utah and Oregon State about building culture. Uh, When you look, and I know obviously you're talking with these young men, you start talking to most of these kids when they're, what, 14 or 15 years old in some cases? Right. Yeah, I mean, really early. Yeah, so you get to know them over, over a period of years, and then they you get into the program and obviously you continue that relationship with them. Do they ever come to you and say, okay, this is what I expected at BYU and this is what I've experienced. Do you ever hear about that side of it? Uh, you know what I do a, a little bit. I, you know, nobody really ever is following up with me to recap what they expected, okay. but we do, I, I do keep a relationship with some of these guys and you can just kind of hear it in the way that they talk about BYU that, that, that they got what they signed up for. And, and, and some guys, you could tell that they don't want BYU at the very beginning and they go somewhere else and then they hit the portal and, and then their priorities change. And now BYU suddenly resonates a little bit more with them. Then that's maybe the biggest thing is that, you know, a, a guy like Zoe Fawatea comes to mind. He, he wanted to go to BYU. He flipped from Oregon State flirted around with Utah for a little bit and ultimately chose BYU because he felt like that was his family. And he felt like, you know, he, he was a, he's a big proponent of West Valley city and his roots and where he came from. And he felt like BYU was an extension of that. And if you ever get a chance to talk to Zoe and, and just hear him candidly talk about BYU, it, it's the exact same. I mean, he got exactly what he was signing up for. Lopa Leotawa, it's the same story. He wasn't recruited by Kalani, but but he he got the exact experience that he signed up for. And and when you see these guys that are recruited and they go out of state to wherever it is, Puka Nakua, and then they come back from Washington and they go to BYU, their priorities change and they start to say, oh yeah, I know what BYU is all about. And that, that is actually what I needed. I didn't, I didn't know that I wanted it, but I need it. And then they go to BYU and they, they stick around because they're getting exactly what, what they signed up for. And so they don't, you know, nobody's, nobody's going down the checklist and saying, Hey, well, I thought I was going to get this and I thought I was going to get that. And yep, sure enough, I did. But the way that they talk about their BYU experience, it's so clear that that Kalani does such a good job of delivering on exactly what he commits to with his program. 
We'll have more from Jeff Hanser from Give Him Hell Brigham as well as Cougar Sports Insider momentarily. A lot of stuff still to cover with him. But real quick before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar, folks, is the place to go if you're looking for the best tasting protein bars you have ever had. I can speak to it because I truly believe they are the best protein bars that I have ever had. And I've had hundreds, if not thousands, in my life at this point. Most of them chalky, waxy. You feel like you need a gallon of milk to drown them. The best part is, Built Bar, not like that. Covered in 100% real chocolate, but more importantly, the macros on these bars are absolutely incredible. Just 130 calories for most of their bars, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein packed in there. Compare that to any candy bar or any other protein bar. It's no question. Built Bar is the GOAT. Give them a shot, my friends. Get to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Excuse me, LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Heard that right. LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. More importantly, support BYU football via their name, image, and likeness agreement by buying your Built Bars. They have that deal with the Built branded company. So when you support Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football in the process. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Support BYU football and support our friends at Built Bar. Talking with Jeff Hansen here from Cougar Sports Insider as well as Give Him Hell Brigham. So, Jeff, I, I want to ask you philosophically here, BYU, obviously, you have to morph with how trends are going, but BYU, I think under both Jeff Grimes and then Aaron Roderick was part of that staff that came in with Jeff Grimes. He's carried it on as an offensive coordinator. Is He has a very clear identity of what the offense at BYU is going to look like. Does that reflected annually when you talk to these young men who are prospects? Do they understand what BYU envisions for them when they're being recruited or is that something that they don't even discuss at that point? I, I think it depends on the position and I, and I think maybe Roderick got this from Grimes maybe it carried over from his time at Utah uh, but at the offensive line they know exactly what they want and they go and they target specific players who look like the player that they want and sometimes that means they're you know, a guy like Trent Ramsey comes to mind that he kind of blew up on BYU internet because he was LDS. He had some big time, big time offers, but he didn't really fit the BYU mold and they didn't really chase him. Right. And it made all the sense in the world for them to chase him because of the, you know, the religious connection and all that, but he didn't fit what BYU wanted. So BYU just never really went after him. When it comes to the offensive line, I, I think you describe it perfectly that those guys know what they, what they're getting into. They know how they're going to be utilized. They know probably, you know, barring like crazy physical development, they know where they're going to end up on the offensive line and what their path is going to look like for the next four or five years. Outside of the offensive line, one thing that A-Rod does, I, I think at a very, very elite level is tailoring the rest of the offense to what kind of talent he has. And I think that becomes most evident at the way he has used the quarterback position over the last few years. Now, Zach Wilson, obviously a dynamic talent, great. You know, and Jaron Hall is showing that he's on that, that same path. But it didn't matter whether it was Zach or whether it was Jaron or whether it was Baylor or even Jacob Conover. Whenever guys got thrown into the mix, the offense still looked efficient. It still could move the ball. It could still score. It had some ups and downs, but it, it never like took this crazy you know gear shift down three gears and you're just puttering along. The offense was still effective. And if you just look at the box score, I think it's easy to say, oh, hey, A-Rod, he just, that's his offense. His offense is great. But when you go back and really break down what the routes are, what the players are doing, what, you know, what each individual passing tree looks like, 
A-Rod tailors that offense so well to his quarterback strengths, whether it's a, a mobile guy like Jaron Hall or whether it's a guy like Baylor Romney, he's a true freshman walk-on and you know has kind of deer in headlights a little bit. He simplifies the offense. He does different things in such a unique way to match the talent that he has. And I think you can make the same argument this past season with Tyler Algier compared to 2020 when they just rode Zach and his arm for, for that full season. The offense, while similar, the the base offense is the same. The way that A-Rod deploys it and the wrinkles that are added on top of that base offense really match what talent is on the roster. So, But it all starts with that offensive line. They've got to have hogs on the offensive line. And, and so they go out and they go get big, strong, tough dudes. I look at a guy like uh, Vai Soifua or, or Peter Falanico, that they weren't the super highly touted guys. And at the time that they committed, Joe Brown had committed to Virginia. Now, Joe Brown's going to end up at, at BYU, so it all works out. But there were questions of why didn't BYU pursue Joe Brown, who was a little bit more highly recruited, had a handful of P5 offers, why did they prioritize Soifua and Falanico over Joe Brown? Well, because Falanico and Soifua fit that mold a little bit more. They're not quite as athletic as Joe Brown, but they're big, strong, just dudes. And it starts there. Those offensive linemen know exactly what they're getting into. They know how they're going to be utilized. And then, then the wrinkles are, are all the skill positions around them. And, and A-Rod does different things depending on what talent is on the roster, what talent he can get off the recruiting trail. It, it makes it really fun to watch, and I think it makes it exciting as a recruit. Flipping over to the defensive side of that, anybody who's listened to my podcast over the last, I don't know, three years, I, I have crowed and crowed and crowed about the fact that I want to see a defensive philosophy emerge that I can I clearly identify. And the biggest thing for me is I want to know if they're playing with an even front or an odd front. I want to know if they're playing with a four or three down alignment with their linemen in particular. I feel like that right there is kind of the baseline where they, where they need to start. Do you see it the same way? I think so. I, I, I do. And, 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 you know, and I, I don't know, I, I would maybe even take it one step higher up, like one level higher. Uh, they could play an either front or an odd front and, and, and still get the job done no matter which one they choose. They just got to know what they're asking of their, their front seven at large, but especially at the defensive line. Are they asking those linemen to stuff gaps or shoot gaps? because they kind of go back and forth and it makes it really hard. I mean, if you're going to ask a nose tackle like Caden Haas or like Nisa Mahe to be a two gap player, they really have to play that way for like a full year, right? Like that's not something that you can just say, Hey, you're going to be a two gap stuffer and just eat blocks and then be like, "Ah, but actually next week we're going to need you to go out and make plays. Like those are just two vastly different skill sets. Like even at the NFL level, uh, Starlo Tulele was an incredible player at Utah, but he's a schematic fit at the NFL level because it's hard to switch from two gap to gap shooter. And, and so I think that that's, that's maybe the, the biggest thing that I see is just what are you asking of your defensive line? And then the next question is, okay, if you're going to have your defensive line stuff, right, and they're going to eat up blocks, then what are you doing with your linebackers? Because it, it seems like they play a lot of, a lot of coverage, but if you're going to have your defensive line stuffed, then somebody's got to make the plays, right? Somebody's got to be there to tackle. So what, are you going to ask your linebackers to be uber aggressive and play against the run? Or are you asking your linebackers to play a little bit more coverage and, and, and drop, you know, seven or eight and play a big zone coverage? So I think it's, I, I think we're saying the same thing. You make it a little bit more specific than I do. Uh, 
But I think at the end of the day, it's the the exact same res, uh, end point, right? Of what are you asking of your defensive line? I mm-hmm. at this point, I don't care which one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you ask. But you can only ask them to do one thing, yeah. and and have them develop that one trait and be really really good at it. You got to stop asking them to do two things because it's hurting your defense at large. Yeah, and that's that. You nailed it right on the head. It's just the you need to these guys need to know exactly what the, is expected of them. I think one thing you can look back at the Bronco Mendenhall era. They played that three four defense, if you played that nose tackle or those defensive end slash defensive tackle positions in that 3-4, you knew you were two-gapping. That was your job. Like they, they made right. it very explicitly clear. So, I'm with you. It's just identify what they're expected to do and don't change it on them. I, I think that that just kind of lays it out clearly for these young men. And we'll see, obviously. I think they're still continuing to evolve on that side of the ball. But I, I wanted to uh, also ask you, with regards to the transfer portal, uh, BYU is used to, create, to great effect, especially with the running back position. Is it going to be specific position groups that BYU uses the portal for, or are they open to using it for any and all position groups? I, I really believe that the transfer portal excuse me, the transfer portal is going to be the new junior college transfer. And and BYU would deploy junior college players in very different ways, depending on what needs arose and depending on what players they thought they could get out of the, out of the junior college ranks. I think it's going to be the same way. Now, a lot of people want to say, Hey, the, the running back spot is going to be where BYU is constantly going in and getting a running back. They have done that recently, right? I mean, guys like Tyson and Chris Brooks, and they tried to get Devontae Henry Cole. Uh, They've tried to use it that way, but when a player emerges, you know, when Tyler Algier emerges, then then they didn't even sniff for a a running back out of the transfer portal. So I think it really depends on on what the needs are. Like, let's just say uh, Luve Hilu gets home from his mission and he's a baller. And it's very clear that, hey, that's an RB1. Like Coach Stewart thought he was going to be when he signed him all those years ago. That's our guy. And we've got him for three years. We're going to ride with him. Uh, Okay, great. Then you're going to ride with Hilu. And you'll just kind of fill in behind it. Maybe that's a portal guy. Maybe you get a, a Juco transfer. Maybe you get a low a lowly rated guy. Maybe somebody pops up. But, but, but he lose your guy, so that's what you're going to ride. But then there's going to be years like this year where, okay, Algiers gone. There's the horse. The horse just left the stable. We got to find somebody, and we don't feel like we have a proven stable, a proven horse in our stable now. Let's go get another one out of the portal. So I think it's going to vary depending on who's there and, uh, and what the position needs are. With one caveat, I do think that when you have highly rated I don't even want to say highly rated LDS talent. When you have highly rated talent that BYU has previously recruited, regardless of position, you can count on BYU when they when those guys hit the portal. You can count on BYU kicking the tires at minimum on those players, whether that's a highly regarded BB. A, a guy like Marquez Beeson, he ended up signing, uh, I can't remember where he signed. It was at an HBCU, I think in Arkansas. But he was a big four, maybe even a five-star defensive back, no ties to the program. But BYU invested a lot of time on him several years ago. Uh, he ended up signing with Illinois, which was a little bit random. But when he hit the transfer portal, BYU kicked the tires. Of course they kicked the tires. They kicked the tires on Chris Mora out of Texas. That They had invested some time recruiting him. They really didn't have a chance. But when he hit the portal and they had another chance, yeah, they, they, they kicked the tires and saw what was there. So it really doesn't matter if it's members. But if there are super talented guys, 
most of them will probably be members because that's who BYU recruits primarily. But if they're super talented four or five star guys that hit the portal that BYU has any sort of a relationship with, uh, nearly 100% of the time they're going to they're, they're gonna go after those guys in the transfer portal. And then beyond that, it, it really is kind of a, a year-by-year thing depending on positional need. Hey, use the relationships you got, right? If, if they're a member of the church, you obviously are going are gonna to use that to your advantage. I completely understand that. Yep, exactly. All right, well, Jeff, I cannot thank you enough for taking some time to join me here. Look forward to doing it again soon. Where can everybody find your work, pub at all? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, the the best way to find us is, is give them hell, Brigham. We have a lot of fun uh, over on the podcast. There's so many great outlets for BYU content. Locked on Cougars being among the best. Tons of great places for, for your, your daily BYU fix. At give them hell, Brigham, we do it a little bit different. We're, we're all about the – it's like an ongoing tailgate 365 days a year. Uh, it, it's BYU focused, but we, we have fun. We talk about non-BYU stuff, and we really are just like guys sitting on a couch, hanging out, talking, and having a good time talking about our favorite football team and whatever else comes up. Uh, that's the best place to find me these days is over at Give em Hell Brigham, uh, at Give em Hell Pod on Twitter, uh, the Give em Hell Podcast, Give em Hell Brigham Podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Give us a listen and come, come check us out. Hey, when you talk cocaine hippos and M&Ms that are getting changed, man, I, I'm all in. So I, I can tell you. That's, that's it, man. I mean, any, anything that feels important, like cocaine hippos, we're, we're there. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeff, thanks again, my man. Awesome. No problem, Jake. Thanks for having me on. There you have it. Jeff Hansen, Rakuto10 on Twitter. That's R-A-K-O-T-O, the number 10 on Twitter. Check out all of his work at Cougar Sports Insider, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, as well as make sure you guys check out Give Him Help Brigham. Fantastic podcast, fantastic newsletter. Him and Garrett over there at Give Him Help Brigham are doing a great job. And a big thank you once again to Jeff for taking some time to join us here on Locked On Cougars. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to make sure that Locked On Bets is your second lesson. Second listen, excuse me. It is your daily one-stop shop for all the betting news you guys need to know about. We talked about Bet Online earlier today. Well, if you want to make the most of that 50% welcome bonus, Locked On Bets is the place to go. It's hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They've got your inside edge in having success in the sports gambling realm. Get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that'll do it for us. A big thank you once again for your support of the show as always. More tomorrow with Andy Patton from Locked On Zags. Stay tuned for that. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 3rd, 2022. And we will talk to you guys manana.